0: This sermon audio is presented to you by Pastor Tommy Brandon and Calvary Church of Fort Worth. For more information, visit our website at Calvaryftw.com. Acts chapter number 16. And uh, we're gonna begin with verse number one. And I'm reading from a, 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 a transliteration of scripture I've, I've never used before publicly. And it's the New Living Version. And I want to read it to you, but then I'll second it. I'll kind of back it up with King James in verse 5. Verse 5 is our main text, but we're going to start with verse 1. Paul went down to the cities of Derby and Lystra. There was a follower there named Timothy. Timothy's mom was a Jewish Christian and his father was a Greek. The Christians in the city of Lystra and Iconium respected Timothy. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him as a missionary, as a missionary. He took him and had Timothy go through the religious act of becoming a Jew because of the Jews who were in those places. Everyone knew his father was a Greek. They went from city to city and told the Christians what the missionaries and the church leaders in Jerusalem had written for the Christians to do. Verse five, and this is kind of our our our, our main topic today. The churches were made and you wanna highlight and underline this, stronger in the faith, they were made stronger in the faith, and then secondly, more people were added each day. They were stronger in their faith and more people were added to the church each day. Now, King James says it this way in verse five, Acts 16 and five, and so were the churches established in the faith And they increased in number daily. The church was made stronger in its faith, and the church grew daily. Well, this morning, I'm starting a February series, and this is the only series you'll ever hear repeated annually here at our local house. I preach this every February because... I believe, such as my bishop taught me for serving his vision for many years, that the essence of education is repetition. You got to hear it. 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 And and once when you think you get it, you got to hear it. You got to hear it. You got to hear it. And this series is something that I call the core. It's the core beliefs, the core vision, and the core mission of this local church, and here's why I teach it every year. Because I'm praying that one day, uh, every single person that calls this local house home, that we'll all be on the same page when we're asked the question, tell me about your church. Why does your church exist? What does your church do? What's the vision of your church? And tell me more about your church. And I'm praying and believing that, that, that we're all gonna be saying the same thing because there's strength in unity and togetherness, and, and I believe with all my heart that God has given us a clear vision and a clear purpose, and that's why I want you on the same page with us. And everybody say amen. So today, our first week of The Core 2017 is this subtopic, the unbreakable spiritual lifeline. There's a lifeline available to the child of God that is an unbreakable Spiritual lifeline. It will, it will work if you'll use it. The core. I believe it's critical that we all see correctly. I've, I've said this a few times in the pulpit recently. I'm getting older and my LASIK surgery from 10 years ago is still sharp, but boy, When people hand me something to read up close, I look like a drunk man and I can't quite focus like I used to. My daughters, they will inevitably hand me something to read right here. And it's just like, oh my gosh, age is starting to get me. And someone had the audacity to recently tell me, you ought to look into readers. And uh, after, after they picked themselves up, And after I picked myself up, um, I said, I'm gonna hold off on readers for a while. But seeing clearly is important. So much so that the book of Proverbs 29, Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 18 in the message says, if people can't see what God is doing, if you can't see what God's doing, they will stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. When you can't see, when you don't have a vision for what God's doing, you'll just stumble through life. King James says it this way. You'll, you'll, you'll be familiar with it. Proverbs 2019, and King James says, "Where there is no vision, the people perish. They perish." message kind of puts it into a day-to-day understanding, they stumble. You ever seen someone stumbling through the dark? They, they, they stumble through the dark. It's because they don't have quite confidence and assurance on where they're going. Well, I'm dreaming of a church and I'm believing with all my heart for a church that there is no stumbling in the body of this local church due to lack of vision, I want you to know why we do what we do, where we're going, and why we're going there. I want you to fully understand the ministry of this local church that you love so much, so much so that there are no stumbling, brothers and sisters, just because of a a lack of clear vision, let me give you these four things, and of course, we're gonna dabble with them through the month. You'll see all around our church, and you've had seen it for years. You've heard me preaching about it for many years now, but uh, I, I wanna give you a, a, a little bit of a more updated version of these particular choice of words. I believe that this church exists for these four things. You might wanna jot them down. I believe that we exist to see lost people saved, now, I about reared back and preached a little bit old, Tommy, this morning. I'm going to try to keep it uh, Tommy 2.0 for this service a little bit. But, but if I could rear back and just let you know, this church will always be, and we must always be, focused on lost people getting saved. Can I just remind some of you, you did not come to Jesus and give your heart to the Lord to sign up for any kind of membership of a social club. You did not come to Jesus and give your sin to him and receive his wonderful grace and mercy to put you into a country club. The church of the living God is not a social setting. Thank God for social events. Thank God for men's night. Thank God for growth track. Thank God for small groups. Thank God for all of the community that we enjoy. But the church is for one purpose and one purpose only. And that's the sounding of the gospel of Jesus Christ that whosoever will will come to the Lord and give his or her sin to the Lord that He is sure and faithful to receive them as sons and daughters. Can I get an amen this morning? We want to see lost people saved. But we also want to see saved people pastored. Because I know of many of people that they're 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 their heaven ticket, they've got that in hand, but yet between here and there, they're absolutely miserable. Have you ever known someone that claimed to be a Christian and you just really struggled with that the way they were living? Hang-ups, issues, difficulties and challenges? Ladies and gentlemen, let me just kind of teach you for a moment it's not God's will for you to give your sin of your past to him and then you never get changed, that you never get free, that you never are at liberty. God's plan for your life is for you to be blood-bought, born again and sanctified. But the big secret is between now and glory for you to be free and loving God's liberty because the Bible tells us he that the son is set free is free Indeed. I uh, told told this to the the first service today. I think every single one of us, if you wanna go to heaven, say amen. I think every one of us wanna go to heaven, but nobody wants to go right now. And it's so funny, in that first service, boy, you could feel the, that's not true, pastor. I wanna go, no, you don't, no, you don't. You can act all churchy all you want. Nobody, you still want lunch before you go. I know, and, and you're still wanting to watch the ball game. Some of y'all are so excited about the ball game. Y'all are like, well, he can come as long as it's about midnight. Speaking of, any Pats fans in the house? Any New England fans? Who's going for New England tonight? Anybody? Wow, is this that big of an Atlanta crowd? Any Falcons fans in the house? Okay, I know, I know. Any Cowboys fans in the house? <laughs> Boy, we can have revival right now. We don't even care who's playing. Go Cowboys, we don't even care. Listen to me, everybody. Let me tell you what God's plan is for you. God's plan is for you to go to heaven without question. And there's only one way that can happen. And that is if you give your sin to the Lord Jesus and accept his salvation. But between here and there, it's God's plan for you to be set free and live a life of freedom and liberty. He doesn't, he, he doesn't, he doesn't wanna save you for eternity, but yet drag you through a miserable life. And how that happens is you need a pastor in your life And long gone are the models that that means just one person. I can't pastor this entire church from a sense of discipleship. I can do my best on Sundays and Wednesdays. But what you need more than ever is you need a group. You need a small group to belong to. You need people on a weekly basis that can help you get discipled. Because you need more than just a Sunday sermon. You need more than just a Wednesday night Bible study. You need a group to do life with and we're in the middle of launching that. We have 25 new groups for the next 10 weeks. We're in our small group time, and I'm so excited about it, and, and I want you to be a part of that. Now, I'm, I'm gonna be gonna go further. You need to be a part of that. This isn't just some elective for whosoever. No, it's for you. These small groups are for you. And on your way home today, what I want you to do is if you normally leave out these doors or those doors, I want you to to, to break your tradition. And I want you to go out the main lobby, and I want you to find the large wall display of all 25 small groups. And I want you to maybe take a picture of it on your phone or, or write down a few things about them. And I want you to check some of these groups out and email the leader, find out when and where, and I want you to be a part of one. Here's why. Because not only are we wanting to see lost people saved, but we want to see saved people discipled, pastored, growing, growing in Jesus. And that's going to come through being a part of something not big, something small. Because big things happen in small groups. Somebody say amen today. Now beyond that, our third reason that we exist as a local house is we believe that lost people can be saved by the grace of God. Saved people can be pastored by the teaching of the word of God. And we also believe that pastored people can be trained, can be trained in doing what they do. And guess what you do? It's not for me to tell you. It's for what you and God already know. Every single one of you have a calling on your life. Timothy and Paul here in Acts 16, we see that everyone's called to be a missionary. Your mission field is at the school district. Your mission field's at the hospital. Your mission field is on your street that you live on. Your mission field's your cousins, and Lord knows you got some that need the Lord. Your mission field is your friends, your network, your family. Are you tracking with me? And God has already placed in you a calling to reach them. We wanna help lost people save, save people get pastored and loved on and nurtured and discipled and taught the Word of God, but we need those that have been taught the Word of God to step out of the classroom into the mission field And find out your purpose in life and we want to help you find that and then we want to last but not least have all the trained ones among us. We want to help you get mobilized and we want to call you together and we want you to go make a difference. Can I just encourage someone today? This, This is across all boards. This is for children. Do you realize children can make a great difference? This is for students. Do you know students can make a great difference? This is not for those that have the Bible memorized. This sermon's not for those that sing solos and preach sermons. No, it's for all of us, every single one of us. You have a calling on your life to make a difference and we wanna do that with you. Someone say amen today. D.L. Moody said it this way. He said, our greatest fear, somebody check this out. Our greatest fear should not be a failure our greatest fear should be succeeding at something that really doesn't matter. How many of you are really good at something that doesn't matter? Our fears should not be failing. Our fear should be really good at something that doesn't matter. This church exists for the two things that matter most. What are they? To be stronger in our faith. That's God. And to add people to the church daily. What is that? People. You want me to tell you what matters in heaven? Not money. Money doesn't matter in heaven. Heaven doesn't have any money. The gold gold highway construction is not in debt. (laughs) They're paying the bills just fine. What matters in heaven is the only thing in heaven. People. And if people matter to God so much that God so loved the world that he gave, he gave it all his only begotten son. For who? For people. Then guess what this church exists for? It's for God. We're going to be stronger in our faith. That's why we have sermons. That's why we have small groups. That's why we have discipleship. That's why we have youth groups and children's ministry and prayer ministry. That's why, because we're kind of, we're to get established. Watch this, everybody. Watch this physical example. If I'm stumbling, I'm, 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 I don't even, I don't have any footing. But if I'm established in my faith. You can, you can come push on me. You can come knock me over and, and I won't fall because why? I'm established in my faith. We're wanting to be a church that's strong in our faith, but we're also gonna be a church and we are a church. Thanks be to the Lord. And we're gonna continue to be a church that's all about people. You remember hearing it when you were a, a little one? You remember this? Red, yellow, black or white? They are precious in his. Yeah, I'm praying that the vision that God has for people becomes your vision. I'm praying that the love that God has for people becomes your love. I'm praying that his passion for people become your passion for people. Matter of fact, I did this in the first service and I thought a fist fight was gonna break out and I just wanna try it here and see how spiritual you guys are. Maybe you're more spiritual than that service. I want you to do something really dangerous and I know some of you are gonna be nervous to do it, but I want you to turn to the one next to you and tell them this. Tell them this with strong courage. Say, it's not about you. <laughs> how many people just went, whatever? Whatever. Pastor Tommy was preaching real good till he got all sideways because it's all about me. Let me tell you something. It's not, listen, everybody. Man, this is worth writing down. It's not all about you, but it was at one time. Now it's about someone else. If you're a part of this church and you've given your life to Jesus Christ and you're a part of the lost that have become saved and if you're a part of the saved that are being pastored, if you're a part of the pastored in this church that are, that are trying to find your purpose, you're trying to get trained and you're, you're trying to be a part of doing something bigger than yourself, guess what? It's not about you anymore. It's about someone else. But at one time it was about you and I'm thankful that years ago or last week that this church was about you. Because last week we experienced some incredible signs and miracles and wonders and and salvations and outpourings of the Holy Spirit. Aren't you thankful that the church last week wasn't just about you? Well, guess what? So it is for another year. This church is determined to be about God and establishing in our faith and strengthening our understanding of his word, but it's also gonna be a place that every single door is gonna be swung as wide open as it can be because the Bible's salvation message, the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ is for whosoever will. Somebody clap your hands to the Lord this morning. Our text said they were strong in their faith and people were added daily. Sounds like a pretty good promise. Let me me preach to you for a few minutes and then I'll pray over you and bless you today. We're told that there are 3,573 promises in the Bible. There's over 3,500 promises in the Bible. First one's in Genesis 3, that last one's found in Revelation 22. And if you're gonna have strong faith, if you're gonna have strong faith, established faith, if you're going to grow in God, then you're going to have to get to do what? Know his promises, understand his promises, and pursue his promises. You're going to have to know them. You're going to have to get comfortable with them, familiarize yourself with them. But then you're going to have to pursue them. Okay? You, you, it's one thing to just know a few scriptures. Thank God for a few scriptures. But there's more in this holy word than just a few scriptures. More than just a few words of wisdom. This book is full of life and it's full of promises. You get to know them, but then you're going to have to, you're going to have to be pastored in time and get comfortable understanding them. But then you're going to have to be like a hungry man, like a thirsty man. And you're going to have to pursue his promises. Are you tracking with me? You can't just know his promises. You have to pursue them. We talked about giving a little bit today and, and let me just kind of jump in here and use that as a great example among many, many others. But, but you can believe uh, that, that a farmer could sow a seed and, and that there would be a crop produced. That's one thing to have knowledge of that. It's a whole nother thing when you go till the ground and plant the seed. It's one thing to hear the word. It's another thing to be a doer of the word. So we're going to know his promises, we're going to understand his promises, and but we're going to pursue his promises. Somebody say, I receive. We're going to be in a constant hot pursuit of God's promises, mixing faith with every work we do. Faith without works is dead. We know that. But works and works alone, all that is is a lot of sweat equity. We're gonna put a little faith with our work and we're gonna start believing and pursuing the promises of God. What is a promise? It's an offer with a guaranteed result. Joshua chapter number 21 and verse 45 tells us, not one, (laughs) not two, one of all the Lord's good good promises to Israel failed. Not one. Do you realize how poignant and powerful this is? If there's one promise of God that failed, then you don't need to believe any of his promises. But every single promise of God, none of them have failed. Somebody say it out loud. I can take God at his word. You can take God at his word. At his word, because he's never had one single promise fail. He's as sure as the sun's coming up in the morning. He is as faithful as the day is long. He is mighty and good to his people, and you can take him at his word. Hallelujah. Second Peter, chapter number one in verse four says that God has given us His great and precious promises. So, through them, through the promises, you might participate in the divine nature. In other words, you can walk in that ultimate place with God. Because of the promises he's made. Hebrews number six, Hebrews chapter six, verses 17 and 18 in the message. Somebody write it down, go home and read it. You'll love it as much as myself. Hebrews six, 17 through 18. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word. Why? The message said because his word is a rock solid guarantee because God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, then the promises are unchangeable as well. We who have run for our lives to God have every reason. We have every reason to grab a hold of this promise of hope with both hands and never let go. And here's our subtitle today. Here's our title for this message because it's an unbreakable spiritual lifeline. What is? His promises. When everything else is failing you, when everyone else has left you, when the storm of life is raging and you feel like you are about to sink to the bottom of this thing called life, there is a lifeline that is absolutely unable to fail you. It's the word of God, the promises of God. You can take it to the bank. His word will not fail you. Somebody say amen this morning. So I need to know him. I need to know his promises. First Chronicles chapter number 17 says that for the sake of your servant and according to your will, you have done this great thing and made known all these great promises. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. His promises are not difficult to get by Bible. Download version. Sit next to somebody with one. Come ask me, I'll buy you one. They're made known. They're not some far off, unattainable, unreachable words of wisdom that only a few select are exposed to. The promises of God are easily reachable. missionaries all over the world taking the word of God. This local church and a portion of your missions giving, we partner with a ministry or take on in Lisa Bevere, Messenger International, where the holy scriptures are taken around the world. They may not have a a preacher flying on a jet and preach a fancy sermon but there are boxes and boxes and boxes and crates and crates and containers and containers of the word of God shipped around all the world. You know why? Because all you have to do is get a hold of the word of God and your eyes read or your ears hear. If you can hear the word of God, your faith will increase. And when your faith increases, you'll start believing God. And when you start believing God, miracles will happen because it all starts with faith in the word of God. Every one of us in this room, we've been let down before. We've been disappointed by people. You've been disappointed by family. You've been disappointed by spouses and parents and children. The closest of human nature relationship can bring, you've been disappointed. But can I tell you something this morning? If you'll come to the Lord Jesus Christ with your faith, you'll never be disappointed in the goodness of God. There might be seasons where you don't quite get it. There might be hours that you wonder if he's around. I've lived those hours. I've lived through those moments months and seasons where I felt like I wasn't being heard from God. My own little six-year-old girl on this very morning, she said, why do we have to pray about it, daddy? God never talks back. We've all been in those moments where we're not sure if God's talking back, but I can tell you this much. If you stay in the hand of God long enough and if you'll put your faith in his word, you will come through that. Weeping endures for a night, but the joy of the Lord comes in the morning time. You're just gonna have to hold on and have faith in operation in your life. You won't be disappointed in God. People will leave you. People will hurt you. Churches can hurt you. Preachers can hurt you. Cuz we're all just people. There's no such thing as a perfect church. Why? Because you're in it. Cuz we're people. Thank God that it's not built on people. Bible tells us that Jesus said, "I will build my church. I will build my church." Not on not on people don't build churches. Jesus built it with his death on the cross. And even the gates of hell will not prevail against what Jesus builds. So all the disappointment in this life can't even compare to the hope that is a strength and a lifeline that comes through the promises of God. Somebody say that's some good preaching. Man, I'm so glad you feel like that. I was thinking it was kind of good myself. You need to know his promises. You need to understand them. Second Corinthians chapter one, verse 20 says, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes, they are yea, and they are amen. They're settled. You can take him at his word. And I'm about to close today. You don't need to just understand them, but you gotta go after them. Somebody say, go after them. You have to go after them, man. You gotta go after them. You gotta pursue them. Psalms one nineteen one forty eight. 148, this needs to become some of your scripture. Some of y'all need to put this on a sticky note. Put it on your mirror at the house. My eyes stay open through the watches of the night that I may meditate on your promises. We meditate on things that, that don't even make a difference. We meditate on people's opinion. We meditate on politics. We meditate on the stock market. We meditate on our health. We meditate on the weather. We meditate on so many things that will not make a difference in your life. But if you'll start Meditating on the word of God, meditating on the promises of God, meditating on what God has said is available to you. If you'll spend your mind, your time's, uh, your mind's time there, if you'll invest there, you will see an ROI that will bless you like nothing else can. Meditate on it. I close with this scripture, Matthew chapter seven and verse number seven. I close with this and I want you to say it out loud with me. Say, ask. Come on, everybody, say ask, and it shall be given. Everyone say seek. Seek. Guess what? If you're willing to seek, if you're willing to pursue by seeking, you will find. Everybody say knock. Knock. Come on, everybody, say knock. knock. If you're willing to pursue by knocking, it shall be opened unto you. It doesn't say only if you qualify. It doesn't say only if you've been saved for a week or two. It doesn't say any qualifications. It says to whosoever will, if you'll ask, it shall be given. If you'll seek, you will find it. If you'll knock, it will be open unto you. But you're going to have to be the one pursuing the promises of God. Somebody say this out loud. Say, go after it. Come on. Say, go after it. Go after his promises, everybody. It's a lifeline. So when this world turns crazy and hell's turned loose in your life, one of the core beliefs of this church, you need to be established in your faith. You need to know His promises. You need to understand them. And you need to be someone that's thirsty and hungry for His promises. I share this with you. One of my sweet... Friends that are sitting over here on the front row, I was invited to a birthday party last night, and I had to go solo. My girlfriend's been gone for a while. <clears throat> I had to go solo. And I felt like that, you know, you yeah, felt like that third wheel, that little, you just don't fit. Everybody there was young and cool. And here I walk in old and chunky. They had their cool clothes on. You know, I look like somebody stepped out of the 70s. They got the little britches rolled up tight on the bottom. You know what I mean? I needed my girl there because she can fit. She fits in. I mean, she, you know. I walk in, and I'm like, I wonder where I'm going to sit. I was feeling all insecure. And, and there was, you know, all these people sitting around with their little spouses, and everybody's so cuddled up. You know, that age They all cuddled up and nibble on ears and all that mess. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there. I walk in and I'm like, "Mm, I just kind of wish I was home. But man, I sat down. I sat down by Jared and Stacy. And I haven't been able to just sit and talk with them in a while. And the neatest thing happened. Stacy said, Pastor Tommy, can I I show you a picture of something? Yeah, what's up? And they were so cute. And I don't mean that in a, in a demeaning way. It was so refreshing. They showed me a picture of a... She said, we just bought our first ever piece of furniture and we paid cash for it. They'd been married for five years. And, and I was like, it was a beautiful piece of furniture, big, nice couch. And I was sitting there listening to them, their excitement. And I loved hearing that they paid cash for it. And, and I mean, I was just on cloud nine and then without me soliciting anything, I didn't ask them. They said, Pastor Tommy, you know, we were just talking. We received our 2016 giving record, and we just talked to each other about the blessings of God. And I never knew this. They said, you know, when we first got married, I didn't work, and Jared was making $12 an hour. And we that's what we lived on, $12 an hour, one person's income, and and they, they just openly admitted, they said, man, it was rough. I mean, I can't believe, I don't even know how we got through it. We struggled through it. But then they told me, and I share their story to bless you. Because if you'll pursue his promises, you will see the manifestation, kind of a fancy word. You'll see the results of his promises. They said, we looked at our giving of 2016, and we're just blown away with what we've been able to give. Because now through the years, Jared has been promoted, and he's been hired elsewhere. You know how it goes. One job and increases to another job, and he's had the ups and downs like so many of us have had. But Stacy now has a great job, and they're just kind of making it out. And, And then he opened up and said something by faith. He said, we're believing Pastor Tommy, I mean, if you know Jared, he's just a good old boy. He said, we're believing. We're going to build a house. We're going to build a house. And it's going to be soon. It might be by the end of this year. We're going to do it. And here's the thing. You don't see results of the promises of God being lazy. You don't see the results of the promises of God being passive. You can't just know his promises. You have to pursue them. And they started sharing with me. When I'm about to tell you, I've gotten their permission, so I don't want you to think I'm throwing anybody under the bus. They shared with me that they tithed in the last few years more than what they were making by faith believing for more of their harvest. And without ever knowing what I would stand and preach today, they confirmed in my heart That there's someone here today, whether if it's giving or whether if it's healing, whether if it's your children coming home, whether if it's your marriage being made healthy. It's it's more than just money stuff. There's a promise of God. Somebody said there's an app for that. There's a promise for that. You don't need an app. You need a promise. You can load your smartphone with all kind of stewardship tools you want. But until you get into the promises of God, all you've got is a fancy calculator. You can take all the meds you want and thank God for healing of medicine. But until you know your healer, you're just on another medicine. You can go to counseling. You can go through therapy and thank God for all of it. But I can tell you right now, until you get to know him, the chief counselor, Do you receive what I'm trying to tell you today? I want you to stand. By the time you go to bed tonight, if you are a part of our Calvary Connect, meaning if you've taken the time to be so kind and go online and register your email address, it's as easy as that. If you're a part of our Calvary Connect, I'm sending you a special email today. I'm sending you an email that will contain a link. If you'll just simply access that link, it's gonna take you to a gift from me to you of an article that I came across many years ago that has been a blessing to me and I just wanna share what's blessed me. I wanna share it with you. It's an article that someone's taken the time to put together a fabulous list of the promises of God with scriptures attached. So this week you could pray, looking at the promise and reading the word, getting to know it, getting to understand it and pursue it. Look for that in your inbox. And if you haven't yet registered for Calvary Connect, do so. It's just simply a way of communication and you'll be blessed with that article. Bow your heads. Lord Jesus, from a day full of worship to a crazy amount of announcements, from fundraisers to small groups to men's night, all of that stuff is needed and it's a part of the community that we're a part of. But nothing is more important than knowing that you're able to save the lost. Right now, while your head is bowed, maybe you came to church today and you, don't, you didn't need to hear anything about giving. You didn't need to hear anything about small groups. You came because you know that you need a Savior. I would love to introduce you to Jesus right now and lead you in a prayer that will introduce you to a Savior. If you need to give your heart to Jesus and you need to know that you know that when you go to bed tonight that you've reached up and reached out and touched him, I would love for you to raise your hand quickly and I wanna pray for you today specifically. Would you just lift your hand quickly and high where I can see it. I wanna pray a special blessing over you today. If you need Jesus in your heart, I see you right there. God bless you. Is there anyone else? This is for you today. I wanna to, to take a moment. I see you right there. God bless you in the back. One last time, if you wanna be a part of this prayer, I want you to lift your hand quickly. I want to see it. I got to know who I'm praying for specifically here. Okay, I see you right there. God bless you. Dear Lord Jesus, these are my words. And unfortunately, my words cannot speak for anyone else but me. But may my words be as an instruction. May it be a guide to these with their hands lifted up. And I pray in Jesus' name that their mouths will confess this same need from the sincerity of their own personal heart. Dear Lord, I have sin in my life and I need forgiveness of my sin. I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that nothing nor no one can save me but you. I declare you this very moment, my Lord and Savior. I give you my past I give you my present day and I give you my future. I may not understand fully and completely everything I need to know about you, but I do know that I've heard your message and I respond to your love. I'm asking you to come into my heart today. Forgive me of my sin. Make me a new clean heart and give me the wisdom and understanding of what's next for my life to be in your word and to be in your family. I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's clap our hands to the Lord.